The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. We do the digging so you don't have to. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bringing you the biggest stories from the industry you care about. This is the Media Noise Podcast. Well, let's hear it. Now, here's your host, Dimitri Ravanos. Thanks for listening wherever you are listening. Don't forget to like, rate, review, and subscribe. It is how more people discover Media Noise. Andy Mazur coming up to talk NFL broadcasting in just a moment. Tyler McComas will talk college football broadcasting right after him. But first, I want to talk about a story that I wonder how much it is just a story versus something that is actually moving the industry, and that is the media rights for Live Golf. Greg Norman was on with Cap and Jay Hood earlier this week in Chicago, and he said that four networks are vying to become Live Golf's media partners here in the United States. This comes right after we have learned that Apple has said, thank you, no, it's a hot button issue, and also it's just not right for us. And I kind of wonder how much of the fact that the Live Tour is owned by the Saudi Arabian government, or at least a, a wing of the Saudi Arabian government, is being used as a scapegoat here. Like, how much of it is Apple sort of looking at their sports mix and saying, you know, we've got Major League Baseball, we're about to have NFL Sunday ticket, we have literally everything for the MLS coming in the next couple of years. Maybe 14 golf events just doesn't really fit what it is we are trying to do. So much was made of the Live Tour because it is the first time we have ever seen a major American sports body significantly challenged in the way the Live Tour came at the PGA, that I wonder, was it just the novelty we were interested in? I, I genuinely have trouble believing that a that there's room for two golf tours in a way that there is going to be competition for each of their content, right? The, the talking point of the PGA being in business with NBC, CBS, and ESPN automatically means those four networks are not going to be able to do business with the Live Tour. Look, as far as golf fandom goes, I think it has been proven that the ratings will go where the stars are. And I think we've seen in the last few years, there is still really only one star that the average Joe cares about when it comes to golf, and if he's not leaving the PGA Tour, who really cares? Or what real value does the Live Tour have? I think that certainly there are going to be networks that kick the tires on the Live Tour. I just wonder how much of this is the sort of sports business story that we were being led to believe just, you know, not even two months ago, that was going to define the sport of golf going forward. I'm not telling you that I think the Live Tour is on the verge of extinction, right? The Saudi government and whatever it is they call it, the Sports Investment Fund, the <laughs> Recreation Committee, I'm not sure what the wing is, but they clearly have enough money to keep this thing going for a while. But at some point, these exorbitant paychecks that they are giving not just golfers, but broadcasters as well, it's going to necessitate profit and I'm just not sure there is a realistic media rights deal on the table for them that is big enough to suddenly make that uh, organization profitable. 
We spent the whole offseason talking about or hearing about just how wildly different the NFL broadcasting landscape would look in 2022. We are weekend. I will tell you I'm talking to Andy Mazur the morning before the first Amazon Thursday night game, so we'll leave that to the side. Andy, your column this week, you know, I, I can't remember the the uh, headline off the top of my head, but basically it is ESPN sounds great because, of course, it does because it's Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Uh, one of the things I thought was really interesting, the collective reaction to Buck and Aikman on Monday Night Football was this sounds like a big deal again. Yeah, and that was the thing, too. I mean, I, I think I wrote same uh, same duo, different channel, and it mm-hmm. just kind of it, it, you know, it kind of gave people on Monday night who obviously that franchise has been searching for someone since the days of Al Michaels back mm. uh, just before the 06 season. I, I think they were looking for somebody and uh, and a booth to kind of give this franchise credibility once again and to, to make it sound like it was a big deal. So everybody's familiar with with Buck and, a- and Aikman because they've been together now. This is their 21st season. They're mm. tying Summer All and Madden for the most time together in a booth. Uh, as, as I scoured the internet, I, I looked. I looked really hard to find somebody who had a comment that said, oh, these guys suck, or, you know, this is the same old, same old. It's just from ESPN and Fox. Everybody was, you know, at first was like, man, this is weird hearing these guys here. And then it, it transformed from, man, this is weird from hearing these guys to, holy crap, this game sounds like a big deal or, you know, whatever. And, you know, the matchup had a lot to do with it too, I think, just because, you know, Russell Wilson's coming back to Seattle. But I do think that Buck and Aikman made it sound that much bigger you know, one of the first things that, at least my reaction, and I think this was pretty universal, and this was before Buck was announced. This was just when it was announced that Aikman was going to ESPN, was how does this coexist with the Manning cast? Because these are two very big deals now for Monday Night Football. Maybe I'm overstating this, but in your eyes, was it a problem that last year the Manning cast kind of became the identity of Monday Night Football? A little bit. And I think, yeah, I think ESPN noticed that and no, no slight to the Manning cast because that's there for the people that really don't care about the game. You know, right. they don't really care to, to watch a full football game. Right. We experience the NFL as pop culture more than yeah, the, uh, exactly. the stats in each play. There was a little trepidation last year about the, about that booth with Steve Levy and with, uh, with Lewis Riddick and also with Brian Greasy that, you know, and no slight to those guys, because I think those guys did a great job for, you know, for what they had to work with. And for, you know, the, the fact that you're going into a situation and I've done this as a broadcaster too, going into my last year of my contract, you can't help, but think about that. And you can't help, but think about all the things you're hearing about, Hey, they're going to bring in this guy or, Hey, they're going to go out and get this guy. And I thought those, those three guys under the pressure they were under last year, different pressure than uh, uh, Buck and Aikman were under this year. They did an extraordinary job, but there were a lot of people that were already done with them they didn't want to they didn't want to watch it and i really don't think that you know buck and aikman are going to be affected very much by people defecting to the manning cast and i don't think espn will be upset with that one bit if you get sick of something or if it's a, if it's a blowout or whatever you, you have an option which is nice for espn because it still counts as espn viewership i think it is a testament to kevin burkhardt and to greg olson too even though you know he's sort of a placeholder in that number one booth for fox that there was no scramble, right? It was always, we are elevating the number two booth. They are capable of being a number one booth. I do wonder that attitude that Monday night football feels really big again because of Buck and Aikman. Does that add a different level of pressure or expectation or, um, gosh, necessity maybe to what it is Burkhardt and Olsen do on Fox every Sunday? You know, this is going to be a cop-out answer, but I'm going to say yes and no, because 
No, because it's the exclusive broadcast at that point. You really don't have anywhere else to go. You know, as far as uh, Burkhardt and Olsen go, you know, Burkhardt is such a solid guy. I mean, he's just one of those one of those broadcasters that just comes across as friendly as the guy you want to watch a game with. He's got that easygoing style. He's not trying to be the show. He's just trying to uh, you know add to it. And I think it's helped him too that you know that Fox has given him some pretty high profile positions before. I mean, he's not to the point where Joe Buck was. I don't think he thinks he is. I mean, I, I don't think he's you know foolish enough to think that. But I think he's confident enough in himself, and I've heard him enough on the air to know that this is a guy that people will gravitate to. I think they're going to like exactly what they hear from his style of play. I mean, he just likes to bring in his his analyst. You know, Greg Olson. I never thought you know as being drafted as a tight end by the Bears would would end up being this kind of a, a personality. I think that those two kind of make uh, make a nice booth. I think that they're a good booth. I'm not sure that Olson's going to survive past this year with, you know, with Tom Brady being in the offing, but Brady to me doesn't say he just, he's just a buttoned up kind of guy. I mean, but maybe that's just because we know him as a football player and he never lets anybody know anything. You brought up something with Olson that I wonder if Fox has been considering as we learn more and more and Giselle Bungeon becomes a little more open about her frustration with Tom Brady going back this year. You know this. The It's not like there is significantly less travel whether you are on the field or in the booth. Could you see Fox in the last couple of weeks starting to seriously consider a three-man booth? You know, they probably could, and it wouldn't hurt them because I think Greg Olson would pull a lot more out of Tom Brady than mm-hmm. just Tom Brady sitting in a booth with Kevin Burkhart. You know, there's a camaraderie there because the two guys played at the high level in the NFL and both were very successful. Obviously, one a lot more successful than the other. Um <laughs> But at the at the at the certain point, now you bring up a great point with the fact that uh, you know travel is is a necessity. You got to go to both teams, you know, training camps. You got to go to watch both teams practice. You got to talk to both teams' head coaches, and you know maybe they push that back to Saturday, or maybe they push that back to you know whenever the teams get to town, make it a little easier at that point. Or you know we have Zoom that we can you, you can use as well. Uh, I have a feeling that Fox will do whatever it is that Tom Brady requests of Fox, (laughs) and they will have no problem doing it because they're spending a lot of money on the man. Always enjoy talking with my guy, Tyler McComas, particularly when we get to talk about uh, college football. Tyler, we'll get to some college football media stuff in just a second, but I do want to open with your column this week. It is about your old partner, uh, Dusty Dvorak, who now is all over the place on SiriusXM. I want to know, as somebody that used to be his producer, if I told you this guy at that time when you were working together, if I told you that in a few years this guy would have not one but two big national radio shows and was capable of pulling it off, would you believe me? We're talking about 2012 is the the time frame that you're talking about. He really just got into the business. Not really. I'll give Dusty a lot of things. But the one thing that I'll really give him, he was a prepper, man. And when you get someone fresh out of the NFL who gets into this business, I mean, whether it's fair or not, there are a lot of guys that are definitely entitled. And Dusty was a prepper, man. He spent his mornings at the gym uh, listening to Cowherd, listening to other national radio shows. He was actually driving the show at that time, which, again, you don't see a whole lot of you know former athletes do. So he was always on that track early on. To be one of these guys that called games, he got his foot in the door at ESPN, and look where it's led now. We see this in Birmingham with uh, Cole Kublik and Greg McElroy. Anytime you have two former players uh, that are coming at it from very different positions, that's that's a unique show, and and I wish uh, those guys well on SiriusXM. Although I guess you kind of had that right because 
uh, when you were working with Dusty, you were working with uh, Teddy, your current partner, who was also a former suitor. And they kind of like got out of the league at the same time. So it's, yeah. hey, let's just throw these two guys together. <laughs> Not much guidance on how to do a radio show, right? So they just kind of figured it out on the fly. Both those guys have incredible careers right now. We just talked about Dusty. Teddy and I do a show every single afternoon. He's the color voice for OU football on the uh, Sooner Radio Network. They've they both figured it out, man. All right, let's dive into the games themselves. I do wonder what you make of this kind of race to market right now of who can get a deal done first between the Pac-12 and the Big 12. It is almost like fighting for survival, it looks like, between those two conferences. Yeah, and as, as odd as it sounds, with OU and Texas, they're two you know, biggest members rolling to the SEC. I feel like the Big 12 feels pretty good of where they're at right now. Now, I mean, they're not going to make as much money as the Big 10 or the SEC, but they feel like they're in a good spot with the teams that they're adding, and they're just kind of sitting back and hoping to poach some of these other Pac-12 schools. I'm guessing that's where it's at. Uh, Oregon and Washington kind of control everything right now. If they want to stay in the Pac-12, then good. The Pac-12 might end up having a nice little TV deal. But I'm not going to be shocked here if they roll to the Big Ten or they roll the Big 12, whatever. That's what I think is going to happen. I would think the Big 12 probably gets a deal done first in the Pac-12. Like, if you're a major network, I'd be really nervous just trying to get a deal done with the Pac-12 right now. There's so much uncertainty in that conference, man. So I want to ask you this because it was reported uh, earlier this week that Amazon would really like to have the Pac-12 to partner with the NFL. You cover Oklahoma. They've been in the Big 12 since the Big 12's formation. The Big 12 has what I think is a really bad digital deal with ESPN. How much do you think the Big 12 is thinking about what their current digital footprint is, even as we head into this whole new world where streaming is going to have to be a part of what you do on TV? The Big 12, in my opinion, and he's only been on the job for like three months now, but they hit a home run with Brett Yormark. It is the exact opposite, Dimitri, of what they had before a commissioner and even going all the way back to Dan Beebe 10 years ago. Um, he's being super aggressive. He says that they want to be trendy. They want to be cool. And, yeah, it, it's been bad recently for the Big 12. And I think Brett Yormark's going to change that, man. I, I The Big 12 has been made fun of for so long now because every decision they make seemingly is – backwards it doesn't make a whole lot of sense <laughs> this is the one decision yeah. that they've made and it's going to change all of that like the perfect hire for the conference and however you can make the current structure of the big 12 cool he's going to find a way to do it and i wonder what other avenues or what other innovative ideas they're going to do because here's the thought that i have and i want to pitch it to you real quick okay thursday night is the nfl's night right mm -hmm. saturdays for college football sundays for nfl monday nights for nfl what about friday night it's completely untapped, right? When is a conference like the Pac-12 or maybe even the Big 12 going to make Friday night their night? I think that there is a market for that. It's not as big as Saturday or Sunday or maybe even Thursday night, but no one's taken a hold of that Friday night slot yet. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering when someone's really going to do that because, what, this Friday you've got Florida State and Louisville. I mean, who's yeah. really watching that game outside those two fan bases? I think there's an opportunity for some conference to kind of own Friday night. It, it is going to be interesting because I was about to say, like, the ACC has put a toe in the water, right? Like, the Mountain West has pretty consistently had a game on Friday night, but it's the Mountain West, like, who outside of, you know, me and the people in Hawaii care about yeah. uh, what is happening <laughs> on, on Friday night in Honolulu. No, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see just how important that night of the week becomes in the next round 
of college football media negotiations. Before I have to let you go, uh, if BYU runs the table this year, uh, will you as a Big 12 fan claim they are a conference representative in the college football playoff? Dude. I'm about to cover. I'm covering a team that's supposed to go to the SEC. Of course I will. <laughs> are you Are you serious? If uh, If Arkansas fans can do it every single year, yeah, hell yeah, I will claim BYU. Yes. <laughs> and by the way, they beat Oregon this weekend. They got a legit chance. Notre Dame's not as good as we thought. Arkansas's still pretty good, but they're going to have the resume to get in the playoff if they're undefeated. Thanks to Tyler. Thanks to Andy before him. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on whatever platform it is you listen to Media Noise on. I'll talk to you next week. This concludes our broadcast day. Thanks for listening to the Media Noise podcast with Dimitri Ravanos. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. And check back soon for new episodes. To stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.